Hello everybody, just got off an amazing interview with Jamie J, the CEO of Bottleneck Distance Assistant, that company is virtually killing the virtual assistant industry, no pun intended, and also the discoverer of the ripple effect, at least the positive one, the positive one, because we all know the ripple effect can be bad, but we don't talk about that in today's podcast. We all talk about how to actually implement that in your life for a positive change. And Jamie was so kind to actually introduce us through the whole framework. So there is no excuse to not implement that in your life, guys. At least I know that there is no excuse for me anymore to actually implement a real positive change in my life. So, Jamie just shared a lot more stuff, but I just don't want to spoil anything for you. Oh, and also one more thing. He doesn't believe in work-life balance. He, be, he believes in life balance. And you're going to learn what that is if you listen to the podcast, of course. So, thank you for being a listener to that podcast. Uh, I just had an amazing conversation again. I know I'm repeating myself, but that was just so profound. You know, I always love doing this. And I hope you connect with the guest because Jamie is just awesome and he's providing all that all that value for free. So make sure to just reach out to him in some way, guys. Remember that he's the rising star and those are people that you want to make connections with and actually provide value to. And ask for, even for advice. So sorry for that little bit of a kind of wisdom from my side. I'm not wise. I'm just green ass guy who's doing podcasts. But again, thank you for being a listener to that podcast. And now let's get into the show. Okay, Jamie, I want to say one huge welcome to the Parent Genius Podcast. We're super excited to have you here. And I'm also more excited to ask you our number one ice breaking question. What is your story? Well, hey, thank you so much for having me on, Nicola. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm super pumped, and uh, I love this podcasting thing, and I love what you're doing. So uh, thanks again for having me on. And I guess, what is my story? Well, it depends on how much time we have. <laughs> um, but uh, my, my story is uh, I am a, I would say, a serial entrepreneur now. Yeah, I've, I've done a lot of stuff on my own. I've been uh, I was in corporate America for about 12 years. Uh, and then in 2006, I went out on my own and I never looked back. I've experienced a lot of challenges over that time. I've lost uh, three businesses uh, or have closed down three businesses, I guess you could say. Um, and it started a total of, I think, nine now. Uh, so pretty, pretty, been pretty busy. So my story has a lot to do with entrepreneurism and how we overcome challenges and during that time, I was fortunate enough to meet my, who is now my beautiful wife. Uh, I've been with her for about seven years. So it's been fantastic. And uh, now she's working with me side by side. And, and uh, so my story is overcoming a lot of trials and tribulations um, to find out what our why is. We're still kind of working on that, but we have a pretty good idea and we call our why the ripple effect. And that is creating a positive ripple effect, not only in our own backyard, but regionally, nationally, and globally. Can you share a little more about the ripple effect? Well, sure. I absolutely love the ripple effect. And, and uh, so the ripple effect, what that means to me, it's about creating a positive culture, not only in the company, but a positive culture in your life. It's actually one of the most uh, 
it's it's one of the it, it's one of those things that you it, people when you, you really ask like what is it that you're doing what is it that you're doing and then you ask why are you doing that and a lot of people say oh because or you know because or <laughs> you know i just feel like i can well no we really wanted to challenge ourselves on why we're doing what we're doing because we wanted to make a um, we wanted to make a positive ripple effect, meaning we wanted to be very impactful, um, not only for us, but we wanted to leave something behind that was something better than when we left it. It goes to something as little as if I borrow something from somebody, my wife and I both say this, if we borrow something, maybe we borrow a car from her mom or something like that to haul something or do whatever, it's our intention to leave that vehicle or whatever piece of property is in better condition than when we left it. Even when we stay in a hotel room, I understand they got to make the sheets and do all that stuff and come in and clean. But what we do is we pull the sheets down and we put them ready for the pickup. We make sure all of our trash is, is picked up and we make sure that we do not leave the place in disarray. So it's a lot of respect. And so basically um, the ripple effect is kind of, um, a brand. And basically we ask ourselves, what is it that we do to impact the lives of your fellow entrepreneurs, the, the people around you? And so I'm proud to say that I'm committed to the ripple effect of entrepreneurship. I love supporting ideas, bravery, and collaboration that creates an impact, like I said, starting in your own backyard. So you can create your own ripple effect, expanding from a regional, national, even a global level by doing the same thing. So that's basically what the ripple effect means to us. So is that basically like doing your best work even when you're not required to, you know, like being uh, over, you know, kind and just overall, like you said, positive person, but also like trying your best at everything. 100%. So like right now, I'm talking to you. I'm not doing anything else. I'm talking to you. <laughs> right. That is, I'm being 100% intentional of being in this space right here and now. And that's what I want to be able to do. And I want this to be a contagion. I want this to be carried out and I want other people to get, um, you know, infected by leading with kindness. And I'll give you a great example. We had someone that worked with us for quite a while, who's now gone on to do bigger and better things. Um, but one of the things that she did was because I encourage people to do so. She was an unbelievable violinist. She started um, teaching children how to play the violin and she did it for free because that was her way of impacting her local area, her own backyard. But you can imagine, just think of one of those kids is infected in a positive way about you know, wanting to play the violin, maybe that person goes on to be one of the best violinists in the world. And maybe they go on and do something else for someone, you know, someone else that needs help. It's that ripple effect. And that's what we're hoping to impose is that we can lead with kindness, share with kindness. And that way we can go on and do bigger and better things than just ourselves. But it does start with us, right? That's why you got to take care of your own backyard first. But once you do that, because now we have, you know, the, we can leverage technology, we can leverage um, a massive, massive audience right now and impact them because the globe is so much smaller with tech, right? Because of the internet. You know, just listening to that, I remember uh, this, the speech by Admiral William McRaven on the University of Texas, right? So uh, he was talking about how, because there were like uh, 8,000 graduates, if, you know, like, if only one of them, like if each of them impacted only 10 people, 
in these 10 people start impacting more people like for example 10 people in a couple of generations they would have impacted like 8 billion people right so i really like yeah, yeah. Um, so how do you go about creating your own ripple effect like any framework for beginners that are just totally not knowing anything just want to do it what are the first steps we need to take yeah so it, 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 i call it the ripple effect plan and step one is to take out a piece of paper and draw a small circle on it and then step two is draw up to five lines from the outside of this circle. We call them spider legs. Step three is on the first leg, write what it is you do that affects people on a local level. Step four is on the second leg, write what it is you do that affects people on a regional or national level. And then step five is on the third leg, write what it is you do that affect people on a global level. Step six on the fourth leg, write why you are doing what you do. This is the awareness. Step seven, on the fifth leg, write the method in which you will accomplish this. What are you gonna do? Once you've completed the first seven steps, you're now ready to begin the riffle effect plan. And this is the magic. This is the ultimate vision you have for you, your family, and your business. So this is your big why. And then step eight, inside the circle, write down that big why. And that's a really great exercise to help get you started into following along with your own ripple effect. So, you know, just let's repeat. So first of all, get a note, uh, you know, some paper, draw a circle, draw five lines that are like spider legs. And mm -hmm. then each of them write, uh, you know, the different levels of impact you can make, like on your personal level, on global level, and on, uh, you know, on a regional yeah mm -hmm. regional level and then you write the why and then what do you do can you repeat the last step yeah well uh so on the fourth leg you're going to write why you are doing what you do that's your awareness so why are you doing what it is so for us like we are really interested in you know stopping single-use plastic <laughs> right that's a monumental task but we really want to help create awareness around that that's our big why right Step seven is on the fifth leg, write the method in which you will accomplish this. What are you going to do about it? What, is, what are you going to do? What steps are you going to take? What story are you going to write to help with this, help create this awareness? Then once you've completed these seven steps, that's step eight. That's when you write down inside the circle your big why. And when you write the method on which you will accomplish all these things, um, do you keep yourself like being realistic or just like let it all flow on the paper? Hey, let it all flow. Here's the thing. It, some people may think that um, Steve Jobs could have never built a computer or Bill Gates could have ever built a computer. That's impossible. But guess what? He got in his garage, he wrote down what he wanted to do and he made it happen. People are only limited by what they believe they can do. Interesting. So um, what about your limiting beliefs? What, when did you actually break them? You know, when did you come up with that ripple effect, right? So I came up with it in 2015. <laughs> so was that when you break out those limiting beliefs or it was like a little later or a little earlier? No, it was right away because um, I knew it was going to take a while to do it. See, what, what our big why is, is to help educate junior high level kids on the importance of understanding what pollution is, more specifically single-use plastics. Now, 
we need to educate ourselves a lot more, but how in the world am I going to be able to do that? So my wife and I thought, you know what we're going to do? We're going to go get a boat and we're going to sail around. And we're going to go to all these different environments and all these different um, economies and all these different cultures. And we're going to find out what they're doing to tackle this. And we're going to video and we're going to record that. And then we're going to reach out to as many uh, principals or middle school class teachers or any people in the educational system that would want to use this as part of their curriculum so that we can talk to junior high level kids. And the reason why we don't do it for elementary is they're not really ready to take this on yet. The reason why we don't do high school, they're kind of set in their ways. They're ready to go. But middle school kids, now this is cool because how awesome would it be to be sitting in class and watching these two random people go around talking to people all over the world, pulling their boat up onto a sand beach, cleaning up the plastic and finding out what's happening and finding out these plastic islands that are like going out to these plastic islands and showing them firsthand what it's doing to our, our world, our environment and all of that. And without getting too woohoo or anything like that, that's what we want to be able to do. Now think about that. That's a huge thing. Oh my gosh. So what do you have to do? Well, you got to learn how to navigate the waters. You got to go buy, you have to have the money to buy a boat. You have to have a big enough boat to live on. Like there's a lot of crazy stuff there that a lot of people just think, oh man, that's just never going to happen. Well, guess what? We're getting ready to move next year. Like we're doing it. We're actually doing it. Now we understand it took a while to get there. But unless we have, if we had never written it down or come up with the ripple effect plan ourselves, we would never have been able to be even close to where we are now. So let's talk about the method that you use, you know, the plan to solve that problem with it. So uh, when you started writing it just on paper, how long did it took you to actually flesh it all out? I mean, you probably still are like fleshing still out are. detail. We still yeah. are. And here's the thing, even when we take off the first, very first day when we take off and start our first leg, guess what? We're still gonna be flushing it out. It's gonna be always ongoing. That's the cool part about it. So here's the thing about setting goals that I wanna make crystal clear. Don't set a goal to achieve way off in the future. Set a mission for yourselves. And a mission is different than a vision. A vision is what you aspire to be. But a mission is something that you do every single day. And if you can achieve these goals every single day, you know, like today, you know what? I want to have an amazing conversation with Nicola. You know what? That's an amazing goal. For me, I'm, I'm accomplishing that goal right now. Because what happens when I've found, and, and, I've, and I've also read this somewhere, I forgot where it was, and I forgot who said it, but it really, really resonated with me. And that's why I've adopted it. If I set a goal saying, in two years, I'm going to buy a house, Right. And then I hit and buy that house in two years. Well, then what? Now you got to start all over. You got to create something else. And you get like, you've been working so hard to get there and you got there. Now what? What do you have planned after that? Instead of us, my wife and I, we have daily objectives every single day. That's how we keep on track. We're always taking one step forward. Even when we fall back or fall down or something happens, COVID, um, you know, I lost my mom this, this, this year. Uh, there's tons of things that are going to happen to affect your life, but you just have to take it one day at a time. Ultimately, you want to do some, some things that are big, but you cannot let a, end up, end, have it be an end-all be-all for a singular goal. You have to have daily objectives. Can you share some of your daily objectives? Yeah, uh, meeting with you right? Meeting with you. Every single day, one of my objectives at the end of the day is to prepare for the next day for about 10 minutes. 
right? So that's a goal that we have every day. So I have a ton of, ton of little kind of micro goals every day. Not a ton, but quite a bit. And it's all on my calendar. And when I get done with my day and I look at my calendar, I say, wow, look at that. Look at all that stuff I've accomplished today. I feel good. I really do feel good. I just went out and got a cup of coffee before we uh, had this conversation today and walked out there. And my wife said, so how's your morning going? I said, fantastic. We had a great sales meeting. We had a great dev meeting. It was fantastic. You know, our business is growing. It was, fan it was fun, right? But I can do that every single day because I have a calendar. I know that I've completed those, those appointments. And I'll tell you what, don't, you got to take advantage of it while you have it. Like for me, this conversation is pretty freaking amazing. And it has to be because this is what I've chosen to do. This is where I'm spending my time. And this is actually what I really like doing. So uh, which calendar app, or do you use like calendar apps or do you like use a physical calendar? How do you make sure that you're accountable to those goals? Uh, can you ask that question one more time? I, I couldn't understand. Yeah. So. Uh, I'm asking, do you use like a digital calendar to put your goals on? Do you like just write them down and then tick them on the end of the day? How do you, you know, you know, create those micro goals every day? Oh yeah. So my calendar is set for me. Um, so I have an assistant um, because that's what I do for a living. <laughs> Bottleneck distant assistants. Um, but what, what we do is I look at my calendar every day. Those are my objectives each and every single day. By the end of the day, I want to complete all of those objectives on my calendar. And so I do. And if I miss one, I make sure that I forward that on to the next time or I reschedule it at another time. If for some reason someone doesn't show up to one of my meetings, okay, no worries. Let's follow up. Let's see if we can get them back in the books or, or not. Because there's something powerful about taking stuff off of your plate right? If it's just not going to work, and this is good in the world of sales. So if you are going to be trying to sell something to somebody and you can't get them and you can't get them and you can't get them, they've expressed interest at one time, but it's really hard and you're following up. That's, that's too much work. So it's almost like, Hey, I understand you're busy. Um, I won't bug you anymore. If you ever want to follow up with us, please let us know. And you by all means join our email newsletter, but get them off of there because that's a waste of your time. And that's the last, you know, you don't want to do that, right? Yeah. And do you set like any time frames for specific micro goals you have? For example, you know, for this interview, yeah, it had a time frame. But for example, planning your next day for 10 minutes, do you have like a set hour, for example, 10 p.m.? Or do you just like do it at the end of the day, whenever that is? Well, I usually take uh, about five to 10 minutes at the end of the day. And I kind of check out what I did that day and kind of reflect on it. And I also look about doing what I'm, I also look at my calendar for the next day. Most of my calendar, um, I'm fortunate now to, I've been in business for 14 years doing this. So I have an assistant that pretty much managed my calendar. So I'm able to just kind of show up, right. And I've been briefed and I understand what I need to provide and what I need to do during that conversation, during that call. Um, so I'm, I'm really, really fortunate in that. And that's what I hope for a lot of other people. And frankly, that's what got me where I am. And I created a business out of it. So it took you like eight business until you actually had a, the real success, right? You know, the ripple effect and everything. Um, well, I don't, it depends on what you consider success. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, for us, I'm, I'm really happy of where we're at. We, you know, I have some, uh, some goals that we still want to accomplish. So it really depends on what your word of success is, but 
for me, I get to spend a lot of time with my wife. Uh, you know, we go boating on the weekends and then we work hard during the week and, you know, we play hard and we like to travel and stuff like that. Not so much now with the onset of COVID, but you know, it's, it's kind of hard for, for us. Um, I haven't achieved everything that I want to do with this specific entity. So, um, am I successful? I believe I'm successful, but that's relative, you know, it's relative to who, who thinks someone is, you know, or what is successful for me. I believe we are. What are some micro goals you, you, you know, you're using like your business, like what are some micro goals you set for your business? You know, whether that is sales or LinkedIn content, et cetera. Um, well, uh, so we discussed that we have a social media person and we discussed that with them during our weekly meetings. Um, some micro goals for me personally, make sure I'm here for our, our meetings on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Uh, and the, everybody in our company, one of our goals was to make sure that everybody understands what our vision, our mission and our core values are. So everybody in our company can make their own decisions. We're very systematically driven and very, 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 um, uh, process driven and, and workflows. And so one of the biggest things that we want to do to make sure I'm not a micromanager, none of our leaders are micromanagers, is that we all understand that we can make our own decisions. And the way that we do that, and this is a kind of a micro goal, if you talk about it, because this happens every single day. So if one of our staff members makes a decision, they don't have to run it through, through me. They don't have to run it through a department head. They don't have to do any of that. They make their decision because it's based on three things. Number one, is this good for the company? Number two, is it good for the staff? And number three, and only then, is it good for the client? Because if the company's not profitable and not doing well, and this is going to be profitable for the company, how in the world are we supposed to be able to make sure that we take care of our staff? Like making sure they get paid on time and they're getting a good wage and, and things like that. Because if you cannot keep your staff happy, there's no way that I can expect anyone here on the team to keep our clients happy. So this is pretty powerful. So if someone on the team makes a pretty good decision, I always tell them, you're going to make a decision. It's not going to bankrupt us. But if you make the wrong decision, learn from it. You know, let's figure out what happened, um, why, why something occurred, and then let's address that. Let's fix it in the workflows that we've written out step by step to make sure that, that doesn't happen in the future. And then let's go on about our work. And what's really cool about that is when we have meetings, there's no one on the entire team that's afraid to speak up or come up with ideas or do anything like that. And that's pretty flipping powerful, if I do say so myself, especially because we're 100% remote-based. There's a pretty powerful approach to business decision-making. But what about, you know, in your personal life? When, for example, you know, I'm just really uh, saying something random here, but if you have a, like, a bad habit, so let's say you're binge watching Netflix TV shows, you know, what is your decision making process there? How do you make a decision, an important decision in your personal life, not your business life? For example, I want to quit that. I want to start eating healthy, for example. I want to work out. How do you make those types of decisions in your personal life? Well, I think it's, it's so I'm not a big fan of work-life balance. So if I make a decision in my business life or my personal life, it basically comes down to the same thing. What are my core values? That's it. What are my core values? And if I make any decision, um, whether I'm buying a truck or I guess you can say, I don't ask myself the core values if I'm going to watch Netflix. 
um, I think it's okay to, to do stuff like that every once in a while and kind of just kind of chill out and learn, you know, kind of just veg out. It's a good thing to clear your head. Sometimes some people will run, some people will go biking, some people will watch TV, but anything of too much is, or any, anything that you do too much, that's, that's not good, right? You kind of kind of break it up a little bit, but how do you make that decisions? Well, any decisions, if I'm going to hang out, um, like if I'm going to do this show, and, and here's the cool thing about creating a positive culture. My assistant know this too. So we have core values here. We have four core values, exceptional character, unbridled creativity, habitual strategy, and insatiable passion. Then we have a description for each one of those core values. For the character, it's uh, something around like, it's to the extent of with uh, a relationship thrive on or dictated by authentic honest conversations based on mutual acceptance of the expectations. And then what we do is we ask ourselves a question. I'll give you this example. Does this person I'm considering working with represent a person of exceptional character? If I can answer yes to all four of these core value questions, then this decision is easy. Yes. Um, if, I, if I buy a truck from this person, is this a good person? Yes. Okay, perfect. Does this person present uh, any creative alternatives? He's been really helpful in helping me out. And I choose this truck analogy, right? Just as an example. Um, has this person been creative in maybe getting us some creative financing deals? Or is he, you know, really worked with us? Is there, does this person have a strong plan for us for the future? Does it match with our strategy and um, what we want to do? And is this person, is there, are they happy with what they're doing? Or are they just kind of going through the motions? Because I want to work with somebody that's intentional and happy about that, whether it's personal and or business. So I think it's very, very, very important and key to understand there, in my opinion, that there is no life-work balance or work-life balance. There's just life balance. Wow. So first of all, uh, my my hands started hurting from taking all these notes, but that's a <laughs> job in there. Uh, and second of all, wow, that, that's a pretty like unique point of view, right? You know, I'm not going to say, man, uh, after doing 100 interviews, you know, nobody talked about how there's no such thing as work-life balance, right? Huh. A lot of people strive to do that. A lot of people ignored it, but nobody talked about how it's not, it's not existing. It's like life balance, right? So, um, Jamie, I'm going to leave a little opening here for you to share your contact info. So any social media website or email that can help people reach out to you, please share them out now. Oh, thank you so much. I, I, I just go to bottleneck.online or you can even Google us. Um, we're the world's first dedicated distant assistant company in the entire world. That's bottleneck.online. Um, and so we do distant assistance. We're kind of an anti-virtual assistant company now. Because uh, uh, it, it just, yeah, that's probably the best way to find us. Bottleneck distant assistant. Awesome. And now to the last question, what is a book that changed your life or a piece of information that changed your life or changed your perspective? Uh, well, there's, there's, there's one, uh, I, I would probably say Play Bigger by Christopher uh, Lockhead. Uh, highly encourage you to read that book or you have your listeners read that book. Um, they, they sold 
tens of thousands, I think maybe hundreds of thousands of copies by now. It's just amazing. And it talks all about what a category design is. And that's what I, we, we basically, it's basically a business plan. <laughs> so it's basically you follow through that book and you can launch a pretty successful business. And that's what we've done here. We've kind of turned the virtual assistant world upside down. And um, we are the world's first dedicated distant assistant company. And we will not trademark that because we want every people, everybody to start calling their personal assistants distant assistants. So I got that from Play Bigger and Christopher Lockhead, who is one of the most amazing minds I think I've ever met in my in my life. Awesome, Jamie. So thank you for dropping all these value bombs on today's podcast interview. We wish you an amazing week, man. Thank you for making our day because honestly, for me, Monday was pretty crap. I don't know. I usually love Mondays. But anyway, uh, thank you for that amazing podcast interview. We wish you, you we're going to like hear more from you soon because maybe when you, you know, you grow even more with your mission, then I can have you on again. And who knows? We can awesome. <laughs> exactly. All right. Thank you for your time, man, and have a great one. You too. Thank you.